0: Welcome to the Weekend Wild Podcast.
1: I'm Pat. And I'm Jim. And we're two working class dudes who only got two days to get her done. We talk about a lot of fishing, especially musky, northern, walleye. And in the fall, we love bow hunting. So we've got all your bow tips and tricks. So we also talk about conservation, news articles, cooking, a little bit of lifestyle, and a little bit of opinion. We only have two days to get it done. So come on, tune in and get Weekend Wild. So anyway, you want to get started? Sure. We uh, so this this week we're not we don't really have a whole lot of like I did this and I did that to talk to you like re- weeks to review because uh we kind of recorded this back to back with the last episode because we have a wedding tomorrow and kind of a tied up weekend after that, right, Pat? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well, I'm on daddy duty Sunday, so there's 12 hours of daddy duty. You and do? Then, I'm gonna be chilling. Are you? Oh, I might go fishing. Really? Where are you gonna go fishing? I don't know. You'll tell me later. Um, so yeah, there was, uh, we got, so old Dan brought, if you guys remember him from uh, other episodes, he's getting married, getting hitched. I tried telling him he still had time to run. There's still time to get away.
0: Oh, Lauren's cool, man.
1: Oh yeah. But just, uh, you know, remember all men, when you have a girlfriend that you are, uh, proposing to or getting married to, remember they are on their best behavior before the wedding. And then that goes away after the wedding. I actually have a very good wife, so I can't. I can't complain too much no comment um, <laughs> um, but remember they're interviewing for the job as your wife so how do you act in a job interview versus after you've been at the same job for five years you know how do you mm. act <laughs> remember that uh, well yeah, speaking man, I'm an expert speaking of like weddings and all that is teasing uh, one of the uh, our listeners he texted me today and he's like ah so you're you're uh you're on the live scope thing you know you're all about live scope now and I said I still think it's cheating you know, and he's telling me which one to buy, and we were texting back and forth. I said, Are you married yet? And he's like, No, not yet. I got to wait for my girlfriend to get out of college. And I said, You wait. When you go to get married, I'm going to be buying that LiveScope off you for 200 bucks so you can rent tablecloths at your venue for the wedding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's kind of like this with LiveScope right now. So if everybody in the MOB is doing testosterone or whatever they do, steroids, and you're the only one that's
1: not, and you're the only one that's not hitting home runs. Well, then you got to do it. Either that or I'll, everybody's got to come on. I'll tell you what. Growing up in the era of steroids in baseball, I miss the steroid era because baseball is god awful boring without Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire hitting 800 footers every now and then. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I. This sounds bad, but I think there's too
0: many home runs in baseball.
1: Oh, there is. But I just the old steroid days were just great. Everybody was everybody was juiced out of their minds, and it was very entertaining. And it was yeah. There's. It was a good time to be watching baseball. No, it was, it, it was totally cool. It was totally cool. I still, like
0: when I hear Mark McGuire, I kind of clench my fist a little bit. Why? I, I don't like Mark McGuire.
1: That was your favorite baseball player growing up. Mark McGuire? Yeah.
0: No, Sammy Sosa. No, you, sure. you had
1: Mark McGuire stuff. I remember no, the that's, Cardinals. that's
0: just parents bought you. I was definitely not. No, my baseball team that I played for growing up. We're gonna be with the Cardinals we're, like three years in a row.
1: We are going to ask mom and dad, but you were a Mark McGuire or not? One hundred
0: percent, not a Cardinals fan.
1: If uh, if Monica listens, she's gonna chime in, and you were a Mark McGuire or not? No, you guys are
0: gonna remember, like, oh yeah, he had a Cardinals hat, huh? and it, and that's because I played on a team like my little league team was the Cardinals. We always picked a thing of a jig. You got the White
1: Sox. I was so <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, I got a couple of things I do want to cover today. So, just to, I'm just kind of giving an overview here, Pat. We're not diving in. But, um, the one I, I had a musky lure review that I, I meant to do last episode, but we were kind of like going off about our whole nasty trip we went on. Um, so I, I got a lure review for a new lure, the Titan Jr. is my new, new lure to me. Um, I, we got some news articles and stuff. We don't have a lot to talk about based on what we did, obviously, like I said that already. But then the main thing that I'm bringing to the table is this guy from drivingvibing.com wrote a list of five reasons to avoid the Midwest. And being Midwest proponents, I want to go through each thing on this list and dissect it and talk about why this guy's wrong. All right. Yeah, I can just imagine. Number one, did you do you like snow? Oh, we'll, we'll get into don't it. Go, yeah. we'll, we'll get into it. The one thing I'll tell you what: Can I do that lure review real yeah, quick, or do you yeah, have something to say? go for it. So that Titan Junior. So you were, you were kind of like uh, my first uh, exposure to dive and rise lures, like a Suic. Yeah. You know, And all I ever had was a Suic. I had a couple of knockoff Suics, you know and caught a few northern on. i never got a muskie on it caught some, caught some northern i got a lot of northern actually i got one in lake vermilion on that you know i wasn't I, catching much until i threw the the old suik on when it comes to suiks it's hard to find one that has the perfect buoyancy it's super hard um mine I, I i dialed mine in mine's a perfect dive and rise nose down nose up nose down nose up but the titan so the titans get very interesting i got the titan jr so it's not as luxurious of a lure as the full-size Titan. The full-size Titan has, like, removable weights. I forget, like, so many grams. I forget if it was, like, 20-gram weight or something, you know? That's cool. That's That yeah. so what's right really, into the buoyancy thing. What's really – yeah, well, exactly. So what's really cool about the full-size Titan is when that lure goes down and then you're you're not moving anymore, it, do, it hangs right there. So if you can get it down to four feet, bam, it stays at four feet. You give it another tug, you might be able to get it to go down to five feet, and then it'll slowly rise back up a little bit. But you can actually you can cover ten feet of water with a, with a Titan. All right. The other thing that's very neat about the Titan is I'd have to show you the nose of it. But every lure you ever had just had like a eye, a wider with eye. You know, just a, you know, just an eyelet you look yeah. up to. Yeah. So and then like a sewick has that very shiny bill on the back that you adjust, you twist, you bend, so yeah. it tracks straight. While they've designed this, it's almost like a uh It's almost like a small clevis pin that goes through the nose of the Titan. And so it's infinitely, it it moves up and down, and it also rotates. So there's no adjustment needed. It automatically adjusts itself because of the infinite possibility that that thing can be pulled on. Wow. Yeah, so I'd have to show you the nose of it, but if you guys are curious, look it up. But So, you know, a SUIC, you throw out there let's just put it this way. When you buy a Suik right out of the box, you don't throw that thing first thing in the morning because you don't want to waste good fishing time trying to adjust this thing. You do that in the middle of the day, whatever. If somebody's swimming pool, it would be the best, you know. But this thing, it's tuned right out of the box. Boop, out there, and then what's that? So that's my big gripe with Suiks is they are
0: really, really, really hard to tune, and then you need perfect lighting to tune them.
1: Oh, yeah. And everything – so the one thing with the Titan Junior uh, versus the Suik – you know, being I just, I've just had a lot of time behind a Suic, but the Titan, you give that thing a pop. First of all, you don't even have to jerk the rod. You can get the same action out of reeling a reel, just, and it goes down, wow. you know, or you could pop it. I just like the more violent action of the popping, but, um, that Titan goes down and it stays down. But if you wanted to fish over an eight foot stretch of water, you can have this thing four to six feet without trying. There's no tricks involved. That thing will be a four to six feet of water. You could do it at two feet of water if you want to. It's wow. just uh you just kinda time your thing. But it suspends so perfect. You watch it because like I I was I was doing mine before the prime time and I was just kinda lobbing it out there and watching it. The one thing it's different, it's a lot different of an action, if you ask me, than a typical suic dive and rise. So if you could picture like you you got the suic, the nose goes down, you know, the back goes up, and then the nose comes up and everything kind of straightens out. So the Titan goes down and it stays pointing down so then you go get a, you go to give it a jerk it does this you mm. know what i mean so it goes uh, I, I say this like see it, it. it'll
0: track straight and then dive down
1: again. so like the nose is always pointing down you give it a jerk it tracks straight and then the nose points down it doesn't rise up it doesn't rise up it, it will rise up if you give it enough time but not like a sewage a sewage, like a sewage you can kind of bob in a hole and come back up to the top crank a little bit slide along the top and then boop right back in a hole and you can kind of slide it along the top so what about the tail Um, I forget what's on the tail. It might be, oh, the tail's a twister tail. It's a, it's a thread on twister tail on that. Oh, okay. And they sell the replacements for them. That's right. It's got like that corkscrew on the back that they do now. But does
0: it have a tail that you have to tune? No, no. That's the
1: whole point of where you hook the lure up. They, that hooks, takes all the tuning out of it because no matter which way you pull this thing, uh, it pivots so easily that the lure is always tracking straight. Yeah. I can
0: see another gripe of mine with is I was
1: adjusting the one so much that i actually cracked it
0: oh i'm like super careful with it but i
1: don't really throw it anymore but the titan's a hard plastic lure and i was very impressed i'm so like when i when when i go up uh when we do wisconsin again just about i mean anywhere i usually have three rods that i'm throwing so the way it's going to be is a big rubber uh dive and rise and then an auxiliary a crankbait a you know maybe a bucktail maybe something you know
0: so you think this thing's going to hold its paint
1: Oh, the paint job. I got the white one. The paint jobs are beautiful. They're a hard plastic lure, so it's like everything's machine made, you know. And, oh, yeah, the paint jobs are fantastic. My first Suic was a pink
0: thing that I bought from some fishing show.
1: I remember that, yeah.
0: And all the paint's gone.
1: Yeah, mine. That is a wood lure now. Yeah, mine too. It kind of pops off. You just, you could repaint them and, you know, touch it up again. But, no, it sounds like I'm going to be getting myself one of these. I got the Titan Junior, the uh, for like, probably not that much more money, five or six. I, the only reason why I didn't buy the full size Titan is because I was looking. I already have big jerk baits, so I was looking for a smaller jerk bait. That's why I got the Titan Junior. But after I learned the difference, I would have bought the full size for sure. I would have bought the full size. But when you come, this is going to be great. And uh, come turnover time or post frontal conditions, that's when you want this a bait like that.
0: I love throwing a Suic when you've got good lighting and you can kind of see what's going on. Um, and it, that's the one that fish could super curious in
1: yeah but like, i can never really fish a, a, a suic more than two feet like i never get a more this one you can cruise easily without much effort at four to six feet well see that's
0: the problem with mine it's like well i've got two but the the one just boop, pops right to the surface like like i'm like a piece of balsam wood
1: so that's all i want to say i was going to do that before because we did the meek runner then we did the titan jr and uh, I don't I don't even know if I'm going to do more lure reviews coming up. Maybe I'll review some of my old stuff. But I don't buy that many lures anymore because I have a lot of stuff. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll buy the full Titan,
0: and then we'll give that a review.
1: Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Uh, what else do I have here? We mentioned the wedding, Titan Jr. Oh, did you see we have a new walleye cheater in New York State? Really? A new no, walleye cheater. So, Got any info on it? Uh, just briefly, they were fishing some tournament out there. I forget the name of it. Uh but they cut open this fish, and this guy was stuffing. He stuffed like a a small walleye with the tail cut off in the belly and then a perch. He stuffed it in the belly, and they caught him. And they know that he was trying to make it look like, oh, I didn't do that. That fish must have ate this yeah. stuff. You oh, know, he man. was trying that angle. And immediately, I believe his conservation came out and looked at it. And they're like, dude, this is not digested. This isn't bitten. This isn't attacked. This yeah. looks like it came out of the bait bucket into their belly. Like, what the hell? So, yeah, we got another. After, after all the stuff that people went through, somebody else tried it. I just wonder. Yeah, they probably got like, dang, that's a good idea. Yeah, why didn't I think of that? Well, and
0: I'm not going to do actual fillets. I'm going to do the whole fish.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do. And I, I guess they cut the tail off. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe to make it fit. I don't know why they well, cut the tail off. Well, because I mean, the first thing to pop out would be the tail. I suppose. Um, Either that, but or don't you, you think cut the w-
0: tail off and wedging it backwards?
1: But if you were to get caught, if you were to get caught, wouldn't that like v- remove all doubt that somebody may have stuffed the fish? It's like, oh, the tail's cut off, dude. It's not bit off. Not, now we're just giving people more ideas. You know what I mean? And, oh, I don't. Yeah, if you're like, going like, to cheat, what? if you're going to cheat, you're going to come up with your own cheaters ideas. Cheaters
0: sitting there right now with this pen and paper, like hmm.
1: the people that no, the Put people that are. Marks. I think the people that are most intrigued by the cheaters people that wouldn't cheat because they just it's so clever they just there's too honest of to people to think of this stuff is what i think that's, that's I ridiculous
0: i don't, I don't know I,
1: I i just hope that
0: everybody in the tournaments is as good at finding these people but, you know the, the people who weigh them at the end or whatever i hope they're as good at finding people as they are catching fish
1: they have little things now with uh you know scanning fish and you know x-raying this yeah, yeah. and yeah i just ball can't believe like a thing on it, like a like a but light they bulb but they didn't even give it a full year. Past that, it's like, hey, I know that just happened. Let me try it. Maybe nobody's looking. Hey, we found it. And it's like you might want to give it a couple years when everyone's guards. These down, guys are at the real know? buttholes. I won't be. Um, so anyway, that's all. I, I know you had some. Uh, I got some news articles here. Um, do you have? You had some stuff you were bringing to the table, don't you? Do you yeah, mine's, next or? mine's more of a news article. I've kind of memorized it, so there's no point
0: in looking at it. Okay, but go ahead. What do you got? The MSRA found a ship. Now, it kind of makes me mad that. They're going to be like, well, we found a ship. It's in Lake Michigan. It's kind of far offshore. It's in some water. And you're like, okay. (laughs) I know they're um, not giving anything up on it. More please. And uh, I I wonder why they come out with this information. And I I get the whole identification thing where they have to go down and actually find it. Uh, They say they need a more experienced diving team. So I'm guessing this thing is anywhere from like 300 to like maybe 400 feet of water. Yeah.
1: That's a... I, when I was reading I guess two to 400 but I'm not a diver I, it was just a number I'm like oh, okay so that must be at least 200 I think 300 feet's like a super duper skilled diver okay so they'll they ask guy, I work with a, I work with a guy that has a, it was a big diver traveled all over the world diving so oh and I went him. to
0: Isle Royal I met like 50 of them yeah there was just guys that were like big divers all out
1: there. we have a we have a quarry not that far away that you can go get certified in you know it's right if, around a shop we worked at actually if you look on if you look at Isle Royal
0: and you look at I think it's the northwest side of the island there is actually a ship that you can see via GPS sunk.
1: Super oh, no cool. kidding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It must maybe be shallow maybe, water then,
0: huh? Maybe I'll screenshot it and put it on my Snapchat. But okay. yeah. Oh, it's super shallow water. I'm pretty sure you can even see part of the boat like while you're standing on shore. But it is, I, I find shipwrecks fascinating and shipwrecks in the Great Lakes in particular, super fascinating because they get so much better preserved than something that sank in the ocean. No salt water. Um, There is, like, less bacteria and stuff like that when you get down deep in the Great Lakes. Longer
1: winter, too. Longer winter. Good ice coverage. Um, So what else about this shipwreck? What what are they hoping to find, did they say? They're not
0: saying any information. They're not jumping to any conclusions. If you look at the picture, it kind of looks like a mid-1800s schooner-looking thing. Yeah. But the
1: picture is really weird. I saw the picture. It looks like a downscan picture to me. It definitely is. Or a side-scan picture.
0: You could see center hatch covers. So this thing is going to be not not hatch covers, but like where like people would walk out onto the deck. So modern ships, or you know, like let's say early nineteen hundred ships, they don't have that kind of thing. So this is definitely like a mid eighteen hundred schooner. Um, if
1: you had a guess, what do you think? What are they looking for? Money? Are they no, looking for? No, these guys
0: just find shipwrecks. So the MSRA stands for um, Michigan Shipwreck. Uh, Something agency. Now, I know you. you research were just, agency.
1: I know you were just talking a lot about Isle Royal, but this is actually off the coast of Michigan that they found this. Yeah, so I, up by, uh, I think this is off of like the UP. It's like, oh, is it UP? Okay, I thought it was the.
0: Oh, maybe because they right. said Western Michigan, so Western Michigan to me means UP.
1: I thought it was Western Shore. Um, I thought it was the Western. I thought I read you. You read more of the article than I did. I thought they said I, the Western Shore, of Michigan. I it,
0: heard Western. Uh, it's off. Found. Okay, so a nonprofit Michigan Shipwreck Research Association, which I was right on that, found the wreck off West Michigan, far offshore. They give you a town though, didn't they? Didn't they give you a, a near? No,
1: nearby? I,
0: I. So all of these articles, which is kind of making me come on to plagiarism here. I've read like. 10 of these articles
1: yeah, and they're very close they're super close. <laughs> they're
0: super close like they probably changed one thing like it's not plagiarism we only used or they they,
1: they pay him for an article that was written hey uh we'll give you so many be. dollars so we can post that in our news feed oh i bet you they trade back and forth all the time but this man this ain't journalism come on you know but whatever i so western michigan used i thought i read western Shore. okay so maybe maybe you're right maybe it's the up then so w- when you say west michigan i think of the up no, oh, that makes sense. I thought I thought I saw Western Shore on one of them. They're so probably
0: I'm, being vague on purpose. So, so I'm thinking sure.
1: like Muskegon, you know, like that, that's what I was thinking. But
0: so th- they've been looking for the ship, I think, for about a year now. And uh, as you might remember, they found millions of dollars worth of stuff on the last ship they found. I don't know if it was MSRA that actually found it. Remember, we covered that
1: whiskey one. The guy's yeah. trying to
0: get the whiskey off. There was gold on there, too. Oh, OK. So and right. if they're telling you about it, they've already got
1: it brown brown gold with a cork in it <laughs> yeah yeah brown gold with a cork
0: but no i shipwrecks absolutely 100% fascinate me um it's kind of a shame that the edmund fitzgerald sank in canada because nobody will ever dive that wreck again um why not because of uh it's treated as a gravesite which i also agree with that like the bodies are still down there and stuff like that but um it they've just got such a tight lock on it and it's kind of going to be like uh damn Canadians, you know, I kind of fear that they're just going to open it up for terrorism or uh, (laughs) (laughs) tourism here. No, um,
1: welcome, welcome terrorists,
0: but that's 500 feet of water. So you actually need like a submersible to go down to that
1: one. Um, i know who I know who not to call for a submersible. Okay. I know what company you do not want to call.
0: Yeah. And this all comes like on the heels of that whole ocean gate thing. I'm not, I don't mind saying the brand, but, uh, Oh no, I don't care either. I, if, I would have said it if I uh, if I could think of it, but I kind of lost it. So that was like around twelve thousand five hundred feet of water that, that thing went down. So that is astronomical pressure as compared oh, yeah. to the, the submersible you would use to go check out one of these.
1: There is. Uh, I remember I sent. I think I sent it to tell you guys on Instagram. They had the little Hot Wheels version of that submarine, like in the Hot Wheels package. Yeah. Was I mean, that if, legit? I don't know, but if I can find that, I would. I would definitely get that. That was badass as hell. You know. So
0: the. the I figured it out. It was 5,500 PSI that would have been on that thing.
1: So Yeah, so, I mean, for our our high-pressure cranes, we work around, that's 4,000 PSI. And that can cut a finger off if you get in the way of that. Yeah. You know.
0: And uh, so, I just find that stuff super interesting. Now, James Cameron went down to the bottom of the Mariana Trench, 36,000 feet. So, nearly three times the amount of pressure, he went down in a little sub. And obviously, he lived to tell the tale. So, anyway, that's that's crazy to me.
1: Let's see a little more on uh, on uh, our, our realm of things. The one thing, this is good news. I saw a similar article in Michigan, okay? But this one is from wearegreenbay.com. Uh, Wisconsin DNR is to stock over 350,000 fish into Great Lakes throughout the rest of 2023. All right. Wow. Oh, this article gets even better. So uh, they are stocking Michigan and Lake Superior with 50,000 brook trout, 44,000 brown trout, 258,000 coho salmon. Oh, I'm sorry. So this was all since the start of 23. So since the start of 23, they did 50,000 brook, 44,000 brown, 258,000 coho. So since the start of 23, they stocked 2.5 million fish in Lake Michigan. All right. And of that 2.5 million fish, 7,681 of them were muskies. And Lake Superior, they stocked uh, 374,000 fish. So, and then I didn't dive into it because we already had this one, but uh, Michigan just did something very similar to these numbers. So, we are going to have a lively Lake Michigan, a very lively Lake Michigan. In two to three years. I know, but think about what's already out there. Yeah. There's already reports right now of the Kings coming in. I was just reading an article last night. Some people are like... uh, I don't know if we should tell anybody, but we just kind of caught a king off a spoon in the harbor. So, because they say the earliest is typically, on average, August twentieth. I did so read that. W-
0: what does the what does the super? Because we've had a very hot, dry or hot summer, dry at first. Now it's like just super hot and muggy.
1: I always heard. Uh, it, first of all, it. Mo- I think I, definitely water temperature. Let's start there. Um, well, that all
0: equates to water temperature. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah, but uh, like right now, what was the what was the water temp last week? 63 or something, I think. Is that what it said?
0: I've actually got something in the harbor that I can check real quick.
1: Oh, okay. I use that wind finder wrap. I think it says it on there. But anyway, so I think I think there's somewhere, it might have something to do with sunlight too. It might say, okay, because like August 20th, you kind of start getting that fall image of shadows on the trees. You know, you, leaves start looking a little more yellow than they did a couple weeks ago, things like that. So. But they say typically about August twentieth is when they start doing that. What are you looking at?
0: I am I was gonna look up the water temperature on the buoy right now, but which harbor uh the Waukegan.
1: um but I know I always heard fifty five was the magic number that really starts triggering these things to come in. I know heavy rains can drive them in because that also cools the water off and uh are you gonna find that well it doesn't matter Whoa, that much eighty two point four no, it ain't that warm it ain't that warm at all. Be, that, that could be
0: air temperature.
1: That'd be uh, that'd be fish dying. Anyway, you got any uh, you got any other articles? No, that's it. Oh, you just looked up the one? Yeah.
0: Well, I, so I'm I'm actually preparing something a little bit bigger that we can go more into de- depth. I've oh about the northerns? Yeah. So I have been like really diving into like I guess the spirit of northern fishing and like northern pike fishing in Lake Michigan, and I was finding articles from like. The late nineteen nineties, early 2000s, So I'm gonna kind of aggregate all those and actually come to come to the podcast with my guns loaded. Yeah, because kind
1: of, kind of what. Obviously, northern have always been in the Upper Great Lakes. Your UP, you know, Northern Wisconsin, Lake Superior, like you said, Iowa, Royal. There was, you know, they were all over the place, kind of thing. But we're really starting to see them pile up in Northern Illinois now. And every now and then you hear a one further south, I hear, but it's kind of, it's kind of like thinned out by the time it gets down to like Northern Illinois, Waukegan Harbor, Winthrop Harbor, you know? So I am a muskie guy at heart, but around here, I think the best we
0: can hope for is catching big northerns on the lake shore. Oh,
1: big northerns are to me are just as fun as big muskies. The thing, the thing that makes muskies so awesome to fish for and suck at the same time is they're so hard to catch that when you caught one, it's like really, it really feels like winning, you know? and chances are it's a big strong fish that you you fooled into something. So it's it's very exciting to catch a muskie for so, that reason. But pike, pike are some of the most violent things you'll ever catch ever. And it's also the meat fishing version of muskie fishing. Yeah, exactly. So it's the style
0: of fishing that I like to do, but I get to take them home and like some people even think like you're doing them a favor. You know, getting rid. of Oh, some there was those. Pike.
1: There's contests and uh, up by Hayward for you know, keep getting a pike out of the water. They they give you a little badge or whatever the hell, and you know, there's they, you put your name in for a raffle kind of for taking pike out. You know, to me, that's like bad. Like pike were my introduction. I think there was still like, a bag limit. I think there was still a bag limit. To me, pike are like,
0: uh, I don't know, pike are what really got me into big fish fishing.
1: Yeah, for me, there was a couple of times that fishing's been so terrible and and uh hayward that if it wasn't for pike we really didn't catch much yeah you know just the fishing turned off i remember the one year it was me evan and bill speaking of which we haven't had bush like billy on and this will be the third episode he hasn't been on um he's at work right now isn't he yeah yeah but uh anyway the one time we went up there and we just had these swirling storms it's like oh it's a beautiful morning let's get out there and you get a follow and you hear fish and you see fish and all of a sudden a shelf cloud shows up Cools it off 25 degrees after six inches of rain in five minutes kind of thing, you know? And it's like, oh, okay, so we'll go out there. And then another one shows up. And we just, we went through like five or six storms in like three days. And we were talking to the panfish guys on the dock, and they couldn't catch anything. Now, when was the last time you couldn't go out the end of that dock and catch a panfish? Yeah, I mean, that's insane. These guys were all standing out there like, uh, are we doing something wrong? Real it bad just, scenario. It just turned off so bad. And it was all because of that, you know? So... But we we've been up there in those situations where it's just like these the end of summer is starting that transitional period into fall, so it's like oh it's summer today, but for a brief period this afternoon it's going to be late fall, and then we'll be back to summer. You know. So it's real
0: weird. Like it could be the best or it could be the worst. Exactly.
1: When it's, it, there's I I just prefer stable weather. I just prefer you know I know that you fishing on the uh you know beginning of a front kind of through the storm and like right after the front moves through like the cold front, but uh. If I had to choose if I had to choose if I'm going fishing for a week, I would choose stable, predictable weather the entire time.
0: Which is just I mean, in the Midwest, it is not especially upper Midwest like that. From late August all clear out to November. It's just very unpredictable. Oh,
1: you could see snow, rain, wind, and sun all in the same three hour period. Yeah. Well, yeah, in
0: October and November.
1: Though I'm telling you the one year when we went up there in the first weekend of October to do that muskie tournament, and it was just the craziest weather we've ever been in. Forty mile an hour winds white cap and couldn't talk to each other it was just too windy you know but we were pre-fishing that day we were dressed up like we were going like like we're gonna be ice fishing but not a shanty is how we were dressed yeah you know and then uh then sunday it was 75 degrees and sunny and it was the last day of the tournament you know me and bill are like man we would have paid for this day yesterday you know we came out in the morning finally after that storm blew through there was so much rust on the boat we're like breaking boat cushions loose and stuff the GPS was completely iced over. You so, know,
0: our hunting trip last year, it was seventy-five degrees for the first two days. Yeah, and then it dropped it down. down to thirty. Yeah, bedded down for till nighttime. So after the weather pattern passed and it was going to be like a stable thirty from there on out, that's when they started. That's when you start seeing them.
1: Oh, well, they're like us. They get up, I'm like I got to shake off. I'm cold. You know. Yeah. All right. So I got another article here from CNN. You—that's all. That's the only news you watch, is CNN, right? Oh yeah, me and the other four people. <laughs> <laughs> the Clinton News Network. So, <laughs> I never heard that one. Wow. Um, no, this this is because I keep an eye on this. That's why I'm talking about it. The Colorado River Basin has lost 10 trillion gallons of water. That's enough to fill Lake Mead. All right. So what it's lost, it could fill Lake Mead with, which is also empty. But it could fill it if it was there. You know. So uh, the water. This is the. One thing, too, is they make it sound like, oh, this summer's so hot, it lost 10 trillion gallons. No, this water loss occurred between 2000 and 21. Uh, and then I wrote in here, CNN spent a lot of time blaming climate change on humans, and like it went into that whole thing. They didn't want to just tell you about what's going on with the river and the lake. They're like, and then if you keep using hairspray, we're going to lose another 10 trillion gallons. You know, they just yeah. kind of, they just went off the deep end with that. But this is the lowest level recorded in Lake Mead, or I'm sorry, lowest level recorded in Lake Mead occurred in July of 22. Last year, the lake dropped 20 feet in four months. Now, that's impressive. Yeah. that well, is. uh
0: keep mind, after you get down to a certain point, the foot drop is
1: less water. Oh, yeah, because it's, it starts tapering off. Yeah. The basin's like, you know, the bottom of the bowl, you know. So, uh, the drop in water is an average taken over 20 years, which accounts for both wet and dry years. So, if you're like, well, they're only counting the dry years. No, 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 they they averaged all that in when they came up with that. Yeah. Um, I also put in here, Mississippi, the Mississippi and the Ohio are back to watching water levels and their rivers, um, for the, the barge traffic. Remember last year, they're trying to get people out there dredging and yeah. all that oh, yeah. stuff. The river fell six feet through July. Uh, and I put, uh, they didn't put it in there. This article was like a week and a half year or week and a half old. Um, the storm last week may have changed that because we got, we got a decent amount of rain, but if you look, I said the one dude that I follow on Instagram, he posted the rainfall map. For the Driftless region, that storm missed the Driftless region. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're like, where well, we need the water the most, it missed the, the – everybody else got it but them. Right. You know? It must, be them, it must be the tall hills over there or something that kind of pushed that storm out in a way. I don't know.
0: So the thing that makes me mad about when you hear about Lake Mead and like Lake Powell and all them, uh, they talk to you as if they are natural lakes that we are killing. Yeah, right. And you're thinking, like, what? Now the lakes are dry. No, they're both man made lakes that were made specifically to be reservoirs.
1: Less than a century ago, right? Less than a century ago.
0: And uh, I, I just, th- they're saying it like, oh, this is a huge problem. No, it's its not that we have a like a, a climate change problem that's causing all this water to disappear. We have a usage problem
1: that well, wasn't was gonna...
0: the problem 60 years ago.
1: Yeah, so they, they say about 40 million people pull off of that river. 40 million now imagine if everybody drank one cup of water in a day you know think about the water usage that is but like like you were talking about which i didn't know the one time you were talking about how the great lakes uh i don't know association or whatever
0: water yeah it is the um watershed
1: they uh so like when you take a drop of water out it has to be in a position where it goes back into the great lakes so i wonder if colorado have something like okay so you pulled water out where did it go it should go back into Lake right. Mead. This should be a this should be occurring a reoccurring th- thing with water. We shouldn't be relying on whatever falls out of the mountains to drink, you know. But keep in mind, it's not a natural watershed. So right. And, for, so
0: for them to set strict rules like that, um, it's not a natural
1: watershed. And so for anybody like that's kind of new to our podcast, we I keep an eye on it because I, a long time ago I made a prediction that out west. They're going to start canvassing, or you know, like uh, proposing the idea of digging a canal or a tunnel and robbing the Great Lakes water to feed the West Coast.
0: Yeah. Oh, all we got these big tanks that are all they're just. What available. do they need all
1: that water for? And you it's know,
0: just. But the thing is, is once you get it past a certain point, it's
1: over. Yeah, it's over. You look at all the dried up aquifers across like the plain states and stuff. That's just it's gone. It's gone. And like there was a couple of theories that were interesting. Like well. the one thing that killed some of these rivers out west is the beaver trapping that occurred the fur trapping days the 1860s and you know post-civil war stuff and they killed off all these beavers which made beaver dams which pooled water which you know it it was all working together well they killed it all off so now it's just a free-flowing river but no dams in there so way
0: back when california first was becoming like a really popular hot spot uh like la you know all those big cities they tapped off of an aquifer, or um, they tapped off of a lake. I think it's called an aqueduct, right? Like that was the big thing. Is like the guy aqu- is
1: an aqueduct, still a man-made. Like the Romans came up with the aqueducts. Yeah, like, absolutely.
0: Yeah. But this is just a giant tube that sucks water from a lake and brings it to wherever it's got to go. Yeah, and so they
1: made that. It was this big
0: man-made achievement. You got guys taking pictures. Well, what ended up happening was they sucked a the natural lake dry, dry, totally gone, and so. Back in the day, do you think somebody said, well, I believe that's because the temperature is going up? No. It's because you've got LA drinking out of the same lake. Yeah. That's that's the problem. Now, of course, my facts might be all twisted around. This did happen. I forget what name of the lake and all the actual specifics. Yeah, of it's just it. a
1: story in general, though.
0: But so you're going to try and do this, this climate change story off of something that's just too much usage on a lake that's not even natural to begin with. So it's not that we have a climate change problem, which we probably also, that's also a factor, but... We have a usage problem. They've got too many people pulling off of one
1: river. Yeah, a river that wasn't designed uh, for 40 million people to drink off of either. It's just ridiculous. Um, That's all I have for news articles and stuff. We might not have that long of an episode now that I'm looking, unless you could whip something else out. I have this this drivingvibing.com. It's a silly name, but uh, five reasons to avoid the Midwest. We could dive into this if you want. Absolutely. Um, This will take longer than you think. Uh, I just feel bad of like when we, when we skimp out on an episode, it's just like the summertime is hard to like really nail down a lot of content cause you're so busy and it's like, then you got to do this. Then you gotta, it's, so you try to get something out there, but it's really not a good time right now. You know, uh, especially like I just look at the weekend I have ahead and it's busy, but I got to. I'm going to a wedding Friday night. I got to work one of two places on Saturday, and then I'm on daddy duty Sunday, and then I get to go to work for another five days, you know? And it's like, uh, so it's kind of hard coming up with like really awesome, hey, you know what I did type stories, you know? Conservation news
0: and attention and all that stuff really starts picking up like September. Yeah. So
1: I could just tell, I could tell there's a lot of people on vacation right now. Yeah. Not, you know. And then you kind of get the reports filing in at the end of summer. Summertime kind of changes schedules a little bit. Well, just like you could watch podcast listens go up and down um, based on vacation season. Uh, the holidays, remember the holidays drop off real bad because yeah, oh yeah. people take the last two weeks off of work. Where do most people listen to a podcast? On their way to work while they're sitting at work.
0: Yeah, it's part of their everyday normal routine.
1: It's funny. I'm the, I, it's, I don't have any – my podcast listening has nothing to do with work. It's all cardio, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which is what I'm doing. Cardio is when I do all my podcast listens and working out in general, you know, which I'm switching to Olympic again. Here tomorrow I start my first day of the Olympic lifting. Um. Anyway, five reasons to avoid the Midwest. So – the first the first little thing he said is scenery not impressive, all right? If you like empty rolling plains, then this place is for you. And what do you what do you have what's your first instinct That's on That's not
0: a fair statement. Uh, uh,
1: I agree. What do you go ahead keep so going. So
0: this guy must have lived by mountains where like the views are always beautiful, but he's just not appreciating like the great plains for what they
1: are. So what I said in here, I said maybe maybe seeing the expansive plains is something to see. You look at it as nothing. I look at it as impressive that there's this huge piece of ground out here without much there, and it's just like it's rolling, and it's like what, there's a lot of footprints involved in that. Water runs here, high ground there, you know, and what change man-made because a lot of Midwest with cornfields, everything's been touched by man somewhere. You yeah,
0: know? and I mean the other thing too, we got like cool little caverns and stuff like that, like cut out of bedrock and whatnot.
1: The other thing too is like uh, we are so we have so much to do with glaciers melting a few thousand years ago that uh there are a lot of formations that if you missed them, that's your own fault. So look at all the little river valleys we have between like we talked about the driftless region. Yeah. you know, we have the Displains River Valley right here. Um Mississippi River Valley, you know. And there's some very, very impressive river valleys yeah. around the Midwest—that all was from a big chunk of ice that melted.
0: Yeah, this isn't a place that no matter where you go, it's going to be the most beautiful place on the planet. This is like a thing where if you drive from Southern Illinois to where we are now, like you're going to be like, "This is the most boring place I've ever been in my entire life."
1: And it—and it is a long, boring cornfield ride. But start looking for there's uh, there's things to be impressed about. Just like the the acreage of food that's out there growing that you rely on rain for. There's it's still it's still something of note.
0: The Great Lakes.
1: But so, like I said, this guy, this guy, you could tell he's one of these travelers that is looking for the bright, shiny object. You know, the yeah. flashing light, the shiny object. Where can I see? Where can I touch? Where can I take a picture in front of to put on Instagram for likes kind of thing? For he's me looking- to like
0: this place, we're going to need about 55 more St. Louis arches
1: to spread out. And so that, he actually mentioned that somewhere down in the article. So here's the one thing I got a kick out of for the number two. All right. The weather is bad year round. It's hot and humid in the summers and white out frozen conditions in the winter.
0: And uh, the most beautiful springs and falls.
1: Yeah, right. Um, but I said, okay, so we have the worst weather year round. And because uh, it gets hot in the summer and it gets, we get snow in the winter. Have you heard of hurricanes? Have you ever heard of like yeah. Hurricane Katrina? Oh, but the weather's better down there. Not when it's coming at you at two hundred miles an hour, yeah. you know. Then it's not that nice to be there, is it? The other thing I said is, what about earthquakes? If we don't get earthquakes.
0: Mm, I mean, we do get like not, not those kind of earthquakes. We get tremors.
1: But it's. It, it, I just think it's funny that he he said hot, humid summers. Uh Louisiana doesn't have hot, humid summers. Florida doesn't so have guy, hot, humid summers. This guy lives by a mountainous region, by the ocean. <laughs>
0: That's what what I'm getting out of this. Like, Oregon. You know, you must
1: live in the Pacific Northwest. Or, Northern California
0: or something.
1: Um, The other thing I said was on the East Coast, they get those Nor'easters that uh, come blowing down. And it's like, oh... Uh, if you're standing in this mile range, uh, you're going to get 28 inches of snow in 15 minutes. But if you walk a quarter mile to the West, nothing, it's going to be like spring over there. They get them crazy ass Nor'easterns out there. And this guy
0: clearly is not a person who appreciates winter.
1: I, there's sometimes in February where I wake up and it's a winter wonderland
0: out there. And I'm like, you know what? I really love this. Everybody thinks I'm absolutely nuts, but I love it.
1: I just when when there's ice on the lakes and there's ice fishing in season and you got a hot cup of coffee and you're going to be it's just it's awesome. And it's, it's the awesome. other thing
0: too when you're out there walking around in the woods when it's super cold outside with a bunch of snow. You're thinking to yourself like I might be the only person out here. That is awesome to me. I don't know why that's awesome. That's like that's a great feeling, but like to me it is.
1: There's so many people that live in the Midwest that complain about winters. It's like, well, what have you tried to make winters better? What have you tried? Just Netflix and in in a robe. Like, yeah. So you're caught inside and you're too afraid to go outside. Yeah. It's like you didn't. Get, did you buy a snowmobile? Did you try? Maybe rent one. Maybe did you try skiing? How yeah. about snowshoeing? How about ice fishing? So before you tell me there's nothing to do, uh, try a few things first. But what it is is people just want to. A lot of people just like to drink beers and eat food, and like then they they can't do it outside. So it's terrible weather. I will know? say
0: like one thing: my dog, she is a wintertime dog. That dog is the most excited, the most energetic. You take her outside, she goes nuts in the winter.
1: Time. Yeah, but Chopper's the same way. Um, anything more to say about the weather? The other thing too is like hot, humid summers. It's like yeah, I think every everywhere in this latitude is going to have hot, humid summers, and- except like uh Wyoming when you get up so many thousand feet you know in Montana and then like Alaska like obviously they're not going to be they're they're not exactly I would say the humidity's not there but there were some warm days there were some 70 degree days in Wyoming where I got horrible sunburn like I'm sitting around the car on the ride home and I'm sitting there scratching like this and it was sunburn from the clear air this guy's probably somebody who's like telling his buddy he's like did you know that they have tornadoes in the midwest Oh, and he did say that. Like, there was, uh, there, there, there's tornadoes. So I'm like, yeah, I think I would – some of these these tornadoes aren't that wide, but that hurricane takes down cities and everywhere else. These hurricane. Remember Hurricane Katrina and Irma? They just destroyed everything in its path. Yeah. Miles. And then storm surges. And it's like, oh, but, yeah, at least it's not a tornado. I think I'd take my chances with the occasional tornado. You know guys.
0: what really sucks about living on the coast? That's water that's not accessible to any other part of your life other than looking at. Yeah, playing and maybe in. swimming. In. Yeah, you can't drink it. You can't shower with it. You can't nothing.
1: So he was. He made a lot of references to Chicago in this, and uh, but the one thing it said here that I don't necessarily disagree with, but uh, it says the food is disappointing outside of Chicago in the Midwest. So Chicago is the only the only food hub that is worth the stop.
0: Yeah, I would actually agree with that.
1: Um, my only disagreement with that. Is when it comes to little places that are like steakhouse burger joints, um, those are awesome to stop at. No other places, other places, but but like he, if you read in the article, he made references to like Mexican food, like Tex Mex and stuff like that. And it's not expansive across the Midwest, and it's like, no, but go to like we did all that, that whole food episode. What about barbecue in Kansas City, you know, like that is awesome food, and then Chicago, they just had the biggest variety, you know. The other thing, too, that's kind of unique about, like,
0: most of the Midwest is when you go to a place and you find this restaurant that you really like in the middle of nowhere,
1: chances are that guy came from Chicago. There, there, so we ran into a lot of that, going up, fishing all over the place. they are like, where are you guys from? Oh, we're in the Chicago area. Oh, I was, I live there. You know? And it's like, oh, that's why this food's awesome. Well, th- this place you know? has really good pizza. Oh, well, that guy, uh,
0: you know, his brother was a big pizza guy in Chicago, and he just opened up a restaurant out here. It's like, yeah, okay, so we, you know, like the good food tentacles kind of spread throughout the Midwest. You just got to find them.
1: Well, remember, uh, Bud was talking about opening a beef joint down in Arizona and he's like, cause they don't really have that food down there. And it's like, he's right. Like, can you imagine if you brought uh, some of these beef sandwiches we have around to the country that doesn't do beef sandwiches like us, you would be, that'd be a popular thing. Oh, absolutely.
0: You know, like even when we worked at that, you know, at Duke's, uh, I mean, they're not around anymore, so they're not even plugging them. But, uh, Duke's had like the greatest beef, you know, some people thought, and they would come from everywhere to get it. Yeah. So you'd get people in there that order 30 of these things. Yeah. We just talked about
1: all this, didn't we? About how they go home and freeze them and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We just don't want to keep rehashing the same thing over and over again. No, no, no. I'm
0: just saying like, you know, it's a a hub for certain things.
1: But like, I remember me and Kel found, I know it's not the Midwest, but in Wyoming, the one time we found this little roadhouse. And we ate there every day because we tried a few other places and the food wasn't good, but we found this roadhouse with like some of the freshest steaks and they had a guy that knew how to cook them, you know? And I forget what Cal was getting, some girly food. And, uh, but we ate there every night after we got that. That's where we had dinner because we got sick of trying to look for places, you know? And it was this little road, it was this little roadhouse. It was north of Jackson Hole, probably 20 miles or something, you know? It was like a whole resort. There was like a, you, there was like cabins and stuff you can stay in. Yeah. But like, uh, but some of these places, I just I just like the fact that they have fresh steaks that somebody knows how to cook. That's that's what it is for me sometimes. Sometimes, you know. Sometimes when you want a taco, it's hard to find a good taco. When you want a good pizza, it's hard to find a good pizza.
0: I just always think of that when I spend a lot of time in Canada, uh, the food is horrible. There's no good place to eat.
1: Um, oh, I can only imagine Canada that, yeah, I can't imagine that they would have that good of food. No. No, I I, I didn't think so. They got a they hell of a walleye fishing thing going on out there. But after that, I don't know. Yeah. Well,
0: seafood, seafood is an exception for all the coastal areas, obviously.
1: Now, here's a good one for you. This one, I, I think, is probably the most entertaining of all, okay? In the Midwest, we're talking, there are fewer opportunities for water recreation. Fewer opportunities. So, I looked it up real quick. Uh, he was saying, uh, other than the Great Lakes, there's nowhere to do uh, water recre- recreation. I'm like, uh, okay, so between Michigan... Wisconsin, and uh, Minnesota, there's over 30,000 lakes in those three states. Yeah. On top of, in Missouri, you have the Ozarks, you know. Uh, I'm trying to think. The Dakotas, you have Devil's Lake, you know. And uh, there's way more. These are just the ones that are coming off the top of my head. In Illinois, you have Shelbyville and Carlisle down there on top of other stuff. You know, there's, uh, what was that one, Sheffield Lake? Not Sheffield. Evergreen Lake down in Bloomington. I don't think you could, like, do water recreation. The Illinois River? Illinois River uh kankakee river you know then you go into indiana that's where lake sheffield is i believe uh webster the tippy canoe chain and i, I could just i could just keep calling his out and it's like there's lakes everywhere yeah. what do you mean there's oh, yeah. less opportunity less opportunity to do it on salt water maybe but then i like he did give credit to the great lakes but there is I, let's just put it this way uh when you go try to fish wisconsin you were constantly surrounded in annoying little mosquito jet skis in your ear yep. all day all day and they're not out there because, man, we found the one lake that in the whole Midwest that lets us out here, you know. And it's like, so, but when you go out to, like, well, for instance, we were talking about Lake Mead earlier. If you were counting on jet ski and that, you might want to think again, you're probably going to be coming to the Midwest to run that thing around now, aren't you, you yeah. know, other than saltwater, you know, you're just, out in the ocean.
0: I just picture this guy being like, hey, did you know you can't put your yacht in, in the Mississippi River? Like, why?
1: There, there's another one in Mississippi River. That could be a little dirty, but uh, still, if you want to do it, you could do it. Yeah, uh, that that is a river that has been road hard and put away. I'm not gonna say it. Wet. Yeah, yeah. I think all rivers are pretty wet, though, don't you? No, but but you <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. Like that thing has been used, abused, and changed, and oh, yeah. dredged and yeah. yeah, damned and all that stuff. But anyway, I just thought it was like fewer opportunities for water. Can you tell me where there's more opportunity? Can yeah. you give me an example of more? Oh yeah, go than to, the to Arizona Midwest? where
0: everybody goes to the same lake.
1: Uh, yeah, I just don't want to go to a lake that's, you know, 110-degree water temperatures, you know? Yeah. I just I, I couldn't believe it when he said fewer opportunities. It's like, uh, well, there's 30,000 between those three states alone amongst many others, you know? Um, Sounds like this guy could stay wherever he's at because we don't need any more. Yeah. And that, here's, the, here's the next one that's going to really get you going. So there are no major cities that are cool. That are cool? That are cool. He says only Chicago may be the cool city in the Midwest. Chicago is the only one. Um, the only reason someone may visit the city is for a sporting event. So
0: I am developing a profile. I will reveal my findings at the end of this. Um, this guy <laughs> sounds like, are you cool? Define cool. Uh, San Francisco,
1: uh, do you think that's cool? Yeah, stepping over all the homeless in there because yeah. Nancy Pelosi. And, you know <laughs> You know what's real cool about San Francisco is you could just go to the Walgreens and rob a blind. Like, that's cool. Well, I put in here, once again, he's looking for that shiny object, the bright lights of Las Vegas and the, the bright lights of uh, New York City and all the, you know, like, he's yeah. looking for that. And it's like, well, if that's what you need to exist, it's a very sad, lonely life to yeah. only need bright, flashy lights to be entertained. To you absolutely know? need a city. Um, Most major cities outside of the Midwest, I mean, every major city has their deals. There's something that every major city has a problem with. But uh, have the issues. And uh like just like, like you said, San Francisco and like uh Los Angeles, Chicago, like you just look at just just the homeless. Yeah. On top of the people that aren't homeless, just crime ridden, you know. And it's like that's where you that you man, there's no places to visit like that. I just wanna hear gunshots when I get off the train. You well, know
0: I mean modern police theory is especially in these super populated places, well just do less of it, it'll go away. Like they're only doing this because you police too much.
1: The one thing too, like I, I was I was looking at all the I was th- when he when I read this, I, I thought of all the cities in the Midwest. I I mean not all of them, but a lot of them. But I was thinking most of these cities, like there's a, the beauty in it in itself, the most of these cities are industrious, which makes it like a powerful it is a necessary thing for a powerful nation. Yeah. So you drive through Cleveland and like all these Midwest you remember uh the movie Tommy Boy, Sandusky, Ohio yeah. and uh Gary, Indiana. Gary's a dump, you know, but the steel mills there are very important yeah we won the war bro yeah <laughs> twice you yeah. know back-to-back world war champs um but so if if anything the one thing that's outside the midwest that does deserve credit is the city of pittsburgh that definitely that deserves a credit for is that considered new england uh i'm assuming so pennsylvania is not in the yeah is, not in the midwest thing but uh if you look at what they did in, in Pittsburgh for the steel mills and all that stuff, it, it was a as important as anything else, you know? Yeah. But I love, like, when I was working up in the city, and I, you got to drive down 47th Street or Cermac, and you look at all these old brick factories, and above the doors, like, it, all the masonry work that said, you know, it'd be, like, uh, General Electric or whatever, above the door, and it's a 150-year-old thing yeah. that's stuck in the concrete, you know? And... Uh, that's a. You go you go across the Midwest, to all these cities, and that's what they were very industrial. And it's like, but they built things at one wars, and when the real heavy broad shoulder work needs to get done, it gets done in a Midwest city. You're not going to Silicon Valley and getting an a, an beam made for you. Nope. You know, you're not going to uh, like Portland, Oregon. You know, to go find the best iron workers we got to build this uh, to build a high rise. Yeah, you got
0: to go as far away as you to, as you need to find your water to go find stuff like that.
1: But so when you're driving around these cities, you're like, man, there's nothing here. Are you, are you talking about bright, flashy casino lights and strip clubs and like the they're just the, like the Sin City of of life? Are, are you talking about like the hipstery areas with all your like coffee your little, shops and you know, sandwich shops yeah. and free Wi Fi? You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, if that's what you're looking for, I guess you will be disappointed. But drive in the deep. Part of these old industrial areas, you'll be very impressed. Every little old building in the Midwest has a little set of train tracks going in every old factory. But I haven't used them in I don't know how many years, yeah. But they moved things around all these plants that they had back in the day by train. There's a whole system. Just look at the the Chicago stockyards. You know, uh, that was a city in a city. They had their own policemen, they had their own firefighters, yeah, they had their own ambulance, they had housing, they had everything you need. All you had to do is walk through the gate, and you could be in a city in a city you know yeah so so for this guy to say oh there's nothing cool about those cities we have to define what we're looking for first first of all i don't want to be anywhere near the city not no interest if i ever step foot across yeah it's just nothing but problems these days so i guess when i'm when he says that is he talking about touristy bright lights you know because then yeah you're right they're they're really not that and there's not enough beans but like uh i wish you went perch fishing with me and fishy phil but we went in those old boat slips that are on lake michigan yeah so cool just so cool just the amount of time that these things have been there for boats pulling in and getting whatever unloaded you know because that used to be all the US steel stuff along the shoreline in the Hegwish neighborhood yeah and uh it was just cool to be to, to be there and looking around maybe I'm the only nerd that looks at this stuff maybe everyone's like why are you looking at this stuff maybe no, I'm the only I think one it's cool Too. You know? I definitely think it's cool too. we look at like for instance our, our my area here is getting riddled with these uh what do they call these buildings that one builder puts no, up.
0: Oh, I know what you. I know exactly where the you're warehousing. Building, yeah, you
1: know? but like uh, so, all these buildings they they put up now. They're put in with a crane, like puzzle pieces, and they're a white wall, a like gray stripe or something. Every office is in the corner of the building. They don't put it anywhere else in the building, just the corner of the building. But we are riddled with those, and like, it looks ugly. like the Great right Wall of China driving down the highway. Yeah, it
0: really does, and it's 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 very depressing to me. I don't know why. Eastern like, most European, of them are unused.
1: Oh yeah, and then they they put they build them and they put a for lease sign on them, but um. But then you drive through the old parts of the city, and it's all like there was actually bricklayers building these things, and it was it was just it was just a better thing that they had back then than yeah. we have now,
0: you know. Cared cared
1: about it more. And then one thing I wanted to say, one last thing I want to say about the major cities thing is Chicago is a dump, and you can't change my mind. So if you think if you think Chicago is a cool city, uh, I think it's a dump. It and is a dump. And It's not worth your time, and it's not worth a visit. I would much rather visit Milwaukee. Than I would Chicago any day of the week. The only good thing about Chicago is the great is Lake Michigan. That's it. You can't even access it. Come to Chicago and tell me you're gonna go fishing on the lakefront. Tell me what you had to do to get to that lakefront. Yeah.
0: I mean, we're finding out real fast that there's no there's no place cheaper than thirty dollars to launch your boat on Lake Michigan. Yeah.
1: Like how like
0: so that is a waterway that's accessible to everybody, but you're gonna put this barrier in front of it. Like
1: that's ridiculous. Yeah. I agree. I don't know 30. why that makes me so mad. But just, like you want to go fishing for the afternoon. I'm going to go out for the afternoon. 30 bucks. It's like $30. Like, Come on, let's break this down. $30. What's $30 about what we're doing here?
0: Oh, yeah. We're going to go see a show at this place in Chicago because that's where they're going to go. That's where all the people are, right? And oh, yeah, uh, $40 to park. Uh, <laughs> you got to walk six blocks anyway. and it's, Yeah, uh, maybe like,
1: take a train. It takes a canoe, a donkey, and a bus to get there, and each one's going to cost you 50 bucks. Yeah,
0: just always somebody collecting. I hate
1: that. I hate that so much. And anyway. then the politics. You want to dive into politics? No, I'm kidding. Don't dive into politics. Politics but, are bad. Um, but the Chicago politics are an absolute joke. But yeah, Chicago's an absolute dump. So if you, if you plan on visiting Chicago for vacation, go somewhere else. That's what I suggest. But <laughs> Is there one more on the list? <laughs> nope. Nope. Oh. So there was uh, scenery, not any good. The weather's not any good. The food's disappointing. There are fewer opportunities for water recreation mm. and the major cities.
0: So my full profile of this person, <laughs> this is the part that you when Drum roll, please. Brr. All right. This guy or gal, whoever, uh, he lives or she lives or they them lives. Uh, not doing all that. On a coastal city with a mountainous, more mountainous region. Not obviously not flat like here. Tell me
1: Pacific Northwest. If I had to guess, this person's from
0: the Pacific Northwest. Bingo. And tell me the, tell me
1: the weather in the Pacific Northwest is great all year round. Anyway, uh, hipster. For sure, I just thought when I when I'm scanning for news articles and like th- earth shattering things, this came up and I was like, okay, I can't. I scrolled past it and went back because I just couldn't let it go, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, we're going to talk about this on the podcast. We are the
0: backbone
1: of the country, of everything. You want food? We got it. You want industry? Oh yeah, we got that too. You know. Yeah. Oh, you want you want a you want a, a beach and million dollar homes and okay, we don't have that, but we have everything else you'll ever need to exist in life, you know so where normal life happens i was hoping cal was gonna uh jump in on us with this one bush like billy missed the the third one granted yeah we did this one while he's at work but uh yeah we were uh we wanted to get this done before the busy week and we wanted to get something out there and pat's gonna hopefully keep putting together this pike report this northern pike report i found
0: a bajillion articles on like pike fishing i would tell you what to search but i don't want to ruin it but uh and it's just like no, the I evolution want you to, of this.
1: I want you to come without me any without me helping at all. I, for once I want to be I want there to be a topic that I didn't have to I didn't have to come up with. I
0: hope I'm not spilling some crazy secret that um, is gonna turn. Awareness.
1: Off. Sometimes awareness is the most important thing. People knowing that this thing is important, sometimes they didn't know it was important, but they should. Just for like instance, your stocking
0: numbers. I didn't hear anything about piking those stocking numbers.
1: But like the one thing I always bring up is this Lake Mead thing. How many Midwest people are paying attention to Lake Mead? A lot of people will show you the pictures. Oh, look what happened at this lake! Oh, see, there's water. Up, oh, there's no water. Up, oh, there's water. Up, oh, there's no water. And then, but uh, but we got to be on guard against that. That's why I bring it up. Keep an eye out for people trying to tap into the Midwest to fill this lake so they can continue living out there and just wastefully, you know.
0: No, the, 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 the I think our main initiative. Uh, well one of our main initiatives on this podcast is the protection of Great Lakes uh, oh definitely because it is it is way more fragile than you think it's already been messed up all, we just have to do damage control and the number one damage control is actually having the water there and yeah well
1: that's all I have I don't know about you. Is uh, yeah, there anything else you yeah. want to say? Anything coming up that you want to talk about? Any Anything that they could look forward to listening to in the future?
0: Um, I'm still, I'm working on some videos. I'm trying to really get my editing down right now. I
1: can't get him out fishing. We were talking the other day. He hasn't been fishing in like a month other that's than that guide thing. not true. And uh, so we can't make videos if we don't go anywhere. I took anywhere one
0: anymore. weekend off of fishing and now it's been a month.
1: Uh, I, I'll show you. I'll show you. It's, it hasn't been one week. Uh, no, I took one weekend off of fishing and now it's all
0: of a sudden it's a month.
1: Well, yeah. Do the math. You're not going to go fishing this weekend, are you? I want to. Maybe. Hey, if you want to go out Saturday, I'm down. So I'm down. Anyway, we're just rambling now. So thanks for listening and tune in next week. Oh, and uh, email us. I forgot to say this last week. Email us at contact at weekendwildpodcast and then dot uh, com and then Instagram. You know, you can find me and Pat. Yeah, weekendwild. Wild Pat. Yeah. And then uh, that's it. See you next week. Thank you.